Building Community Coalitions, Part 2. In this episode, the conversation continues to explore how to successfully build community coalitions. Tara Hatfield, Education Outreach Coordinator for QSource, leads a discussion with Brandy Terrell from Thrive Orange County as she shares her approach to creating a high-functioning community coalition in a rural Indiana county. Learn what elements are critical for setting up a coalition for success. Hi, everybody. This is Tara Hatfield, Education Outreach Coordinator here at QSource, and I want to welcome back Brandy Terrell with Thrive Orange County. Brandy and I had a great conversation in our first podcast where she described the different uh, initiatives and goals of the Thrive Orange County and the successes that they've been able to enjoy building their community coalition. I wanted to bring her back so that she could help us further understand what makes her coalition so successful. So, Brandy, welcome back. Thank you so, so much. It's a pleasure to be back for uh, round two to really talk about the nitty gritty of coalition yes. building. So let's just get, jump right in. How would you describe community coalition building? What have you found to be successful and what kind of barriers have you had to overcome? Community coalition building is, you know, it's a way to bring all community members together, not regular everyday, you know, your neighbor, the the person down the street, our our faith-based, our community organizations, our schools, our community foundations, major employers, medical. It, it's just a, a community coalition building really is about just those grassroots growing connections. It seems a lot easier when we talk about it than it than it is because it really does mean figuring out a way to connect communities or the the inner workings of the community together to form a whole more um, unified version to to really a- address community needs and and turn out some some excellent community resolutions on on what's happening within our community and how do we how do we move forward in in a healthy manner so Gosh, some of the the do's and don'ts. I think it's a learn as you go variance, and and it's a lot of figuring out who's connected to whom or where or what, and how can we get people to to know the information and to be connected together, and to figure out who can help what program work better or where the need is and and who could fulfill that need really connecting community members but it takes a lot of understanding a lot of community a lot of effort in knowing how your community works and then being able to to connect all those pieces i kind of think of it as kind of like a as a um, puzzle puzzles all laid out maybe the pieces are flipped over on the floor and then we collect them all and then and then we start putting them together and we start seeing that oh this is making something this is changing with every single piece connected that's kind of how how i would describe community coalition building you mentioned a lot of different sectors of the community, a lot of moving parts and a lot of busy people. So how did you motivate people to come together and be an active participant in the coalition? I believe that it wasn't just me. You know, I am one of those puzzle pieces, right? I am literally a connector. I think that probably the the most important factor was there was 
community interest. There were a few community leaders who started to really think about community health and how that contributes to many aspects of our community, which what I would probably call social determinants of health and all of those those sections under social determinants of health, you know, and some of you know, housing, food, mental health, medical health, school, education, workforce, you know, all of those things that make a community whole and, and make a community work and function. So I feel that we had some pretty good anchors, some pretty good agencies that really said, hey, we're going to invest in community coalition building and make it a priority. And we're going to figure out a way to fund it. And I think that that's probably the most important piece is is having some leadership that says we're going to figure it out and we're going to anchor and and then it kind of grows, right? I mean, I don't I don't think there's anything unique about me or even what I'm doing. It's about what our community is doing collectively as as one unit moving forward. So then it's kind of like a snowball, you know. I mean, once once we start talking and once we start engaging people and once we start focusing on the things that we have in common, not the things that separate us, then it's easy to get more and more people excited and engaged and willing to put the work in. I think that's where we are. Tell us who's on your team and is there anybody that's not on your team that you would like to bring on board? Oh goodness. So we we are so fortunate again to have some just great leadership in Orange County and just to have have our community members you know, love Orange County and want to see Orange County be better, do better. We have partners such as, you know, Work One, Hoosier Uplands, Lost River Market and Delhi, Hoosier Hills Pact, Orange County Casa. We have So and Body and Team Peace. We have the United Springs Valley Parish. We have Youth First, Orleans Christian Church, Love Never Fails. Old National Bank, Team OC, Life Springs, Springs Valley Bank, all three of our school systems, you know, Orleans, Springs Valley, and Paoli school systems. We have Purdue Extension, IU Health, IU Center for Rural Engagement, of course, our anchoring agency, the our clinic, SICHC. We have Orange County Health Coalition. We have United Way of South Central Indiana. We have... Um, Safe Haven. We also have the Orange County Economic Development. And then, of course, we cannot forget the importance of our community, Orange County Community Foundation, because really so much of this relies on funding. And Orange County Community Foundation has been a rock for us. So we have a widespread of community programs and agencies and workforce already at the table. And there are probably a lot more that are not on here, but we literally have a a representation from just about every sector that is involved in in the community. We also have a, a great relationship with local law enforcement. We have a wonderful relationship with our county council and commissioners, our local kind of legislative bodies. 
and so they may not necessarily attend every meeting, but I can call them up and they answer their phone. And that's all we need, right? I mean, that's literally all we need. You don't have to come to another to a meeting in order to be a coalition leader. So it's really that relationship. And if if we call, they answer. And that's where we have just about all the community players at the table one way or another. And we're very fortunate for that. Brandy, you mentioned funding, and I know that funding can be a major challenge for supporting community coalitions and the people uh, that are critical for that success. Can you share a little bit how Thrive manages to support all of the amazing work that's going on there in Orange County? The primary funding for Thrive Orange County Initiative comes from Southern Indiana Community Health Care, our anchoring primary care office and integrated mental health care and addiction. They are a federally qualified health home, so they anchor the program primarily. Thrive then, because of their leadership and commitment, we are then able to the coalition's able to go out into the community and start working on their own initiatives, these initiatives that we had briefly talked about in uh, episode one. At this point, we have brought in to Orange County roughly $1.1 million. Now, that did not go to our clinic, but (laughs) I'm talking about things like, you know, grants for a biking trail, a school leadership program, a school-based health model uh, that we're working on within Orange County as well. All of those things, it's whether we have written a support letter or got somebody on board or wrote a grant or sponsored a grant or helped to obtain data or research for another community program to apply for a grant. So that $1.1 million is money that has come into Orange County within the last three years based on our coalition leadership. Again, there's that's always an issue, right? I mean, we're all still we're still trying to be able to secure funding, you know, just to even have our coalition and to keep it going uh, and then to keep programs going out of infancy and up into really being a um, sustainable, sustainable program. So funding is always a hot topic for us, as I suspect it is for most people and most agencies. What I think works the best, though, is if community leaders and organizations, if you can come together and really commit to having some point connectors, some connectors who who that's their job. It's not a volunteer thing. It's not, well, I'll squeeze this in between, you know, my other volunteer work. It's devoted time to coalition building and grassroots organizing. That, I think, is one of the things that makes us very successful. You touched on this a little bit, but what other tips or advice can you share about securing the sustainability of a community coalition? I think that there are a few kind of key key things. And, and one, we have discussed an anchoring agency or agencies that really will commit to employing connectors. That's their job. They connect the community together to coalition build and grassroots organize. So I think that's the first key is to really have the commitment from agencies to fund those positions. The second thing I think that we have to have is a connector or or connectors in the community 
who know the community, are trusted by the community, and have the skills to be able to get out into the community and do the work, you know, show up every day and do the work, do the work that's needed, be able to authentically show that we're invested as community members. And I think a lot of times that comes from within. There are connectors or champions within the community, and we have to be able to identify those individuals and capitalize on on their ability. So then the third and last thing that I think is probably the most important is, is the community. We have to have a community that is ready to tackle these really big social issues and be able to see the future, the long game. Why is it important now, right? And then to be able to see that norms change is hard, outcomes, it's hard. So we have to, we have to have faith that this is going to work and we have to be patient and let it work, you know, create our plan and let it work. And the community just has to be willing to do that and, and I feel that Orange County over time has been slowly positioning themselves into a community that is open to addressing community needs. And I think we're just we're so fortunate that we're here and we're able to put those three Absolutely. things together. Absolutely. Brandy, is there a website that our listeners could go to if they wanted to learn more about what the Thrive Orange County is is up to and, and to stay in touch? Yeah, sure. So the Thrive Orange County website is under SICHC. So you could look, could search for that under www.sichc.org slash thrive. You can also go to YouTube and type in maybe Thrive Orange County or SICHC, and you will see several videos about what's happening in Orange County, not just Thrive stuff, but all kinds of things that are happening um, within Orange County. And then also Facebook. Facebook is always a great way to stay up with Thrive initiatives, just Thrive Orange County or SICHC. Feel free to like us on Facebook and you can stay up with what we're doing. Also, definitely can always contact me at bterrell at sichc.org. Well, thank you so much again for for joining us on this podcast today. I think our listeners were introduced to a wealth of information about community coalition building and the success that you've enjoyed there in Orange County. I want to encourage our listeners also to check out QSource's website for more informational resources and our library of podcasts. Thanks again, and everybody have a great day.